And good evening once again, everybody. It's a little bit after 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Welcome to Cincy Brewcast. My name is Mike Cisneros, and we'd like to welcome everybody that's joining us on our podcast. And also, we would like to welcome everybody that's joining us live worldwide on Periscope TV. Good evening. Uh, We apologize a little bit for the uh, color uh, weirdness, but uh, we'll get that worked out and fixed for you next week. We are coming to you live from Bad Tom Smith Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. The raucous crowd has taken their seats. They've all got beer either in front of them or in them. And um, first of all, I'd like to introduce uh, my partner tonight, the Gnarly Gnome from thegnarlygnome.com. Gnome, good evening, sir. Good evening. Thank you very much. I'd like to, uh, would be remiss if I did not mention that uh, our third wheel, uh, Miss Tina Cisneros, is currently making, I don't know, hot cross buns or something <laughs> at she the, makes uh, scones or something scones or something at the pastry program at the cincinnati state uh, technical college uh in the baking program so she's not with us tonight it's a class night for her also our social media director angie cisneros is not here tonight uh she is working at oakley pub and grill so you just got myself and the gnome And uh, before we go any further, we'd like to introduce uh, someone that is coming to us from the hop line, as I'm going to begin calling it, our telephone interface, and uh, joining us uh, from, uh, where are you calling from, John? It's John Votuch, Votuch, the uh, owner of uh, Bad Tom Brewing here in Cincinnati. John, where are you calling us from? I'm calling from the beautiful city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm. That Pittsburgh Steelers. I got my bad uh, now Howard Cosell impersonation for you. Uh, John, welcome. And then also we are joined by head brewer here at Bad Tom Smith. Uh, the head brewer of Bad Tom Smith, Eric Napier. Eric, good evening. Welcome to Cincy Brewcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, John, uh, first of all, um, I want to get started. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your background and uh, you know, kind of what you do for a living, what's brought you sort of to the Bad Tom Smith uh, family, if you will. Sure. My personal background is more in the IT arena as well as uh, investing in small businesses. And uh, my partner, Cheryl Gittin, who's also my my soon-to-be wife. Congratulations. um, It's somebody who's also in in a professional position with a company called Bear. Uh, Bare Material Sciences, which uh, produces chemicals uh, for pharmaceutical products. For two executives decided we'd take a, a jump into this craft brew marketplace. Um, we had a chance uh, over the last year to get to know Eric, and I have a long history with Sean Smith, and an opportunity presented, it, presented itself where we could jump in and try to help turn Bad Town Brewery into a, into a brewery that can compete uh, in the marketplace. And um, we feel with our background on the business side, Eric's background on the brewing side, Sean Smith, who unfortunately couldn't be on the call today, helping us with distribution. We got the right team to, to get things off the ground in the right direction. Just just looking at the place, I'm impressed with what you guys have done. It's it's like night and day from, from the last time I was in here, I know. Well, thank you. You know, what we tried to do is we really tried to take a look at the, the new business in three, six months cycle. The first six months is really just trying to get our hands around creating quality beer, having the right people, and creating a quality experience each time you came in contact with Bad Tom. And uh, the first thing that people can see is obviously the taproom experience. And uh, between Eric, myself, Cheryl, Sean, 
we all contributed to what it is we wanted to portray as bad Tom Smith. And what we're focusing on now is, is just that constant production of quality beer. And I know Eric will be speaking about it all night, and hopefully we'll be enjoying it this evening as well. We're already one step ahead there. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, this mic again, I, I don't know if we necessarily need to run through, I guess, what would be called the bad part. I mean, there, been, there were problems here. I think they're very well documented. Uh, there was problems with uh, the quality of the product, which, in my opinion, in the craft beer business, it begins and ends with the product. Uh, you can have, you can be selling craft beer, or you can be selling anything in the Taj Mahal, and if it's not any good, people aren't going to buy it. Uh, by right. the same token, if you have beer that's not very good, or if you have beer that's fantastic, you can sell it out of a you know cardboard box. I think. Now, I, I could be wrong about that, but I think I've been borne out uh, more often than not. Uh, what were some of the things that you felt had to be done? Um, and Eric, you can join in on this too, especially on the uh, side of the of the brewing. As far Problem. as yeah, as far as, as as fixing whatever problems there were, you know, uh, uneven quality. Sometimes you get a good batch, sometimes you don't. Just talk a little bit about uh, from both of your ends what what was important about getting that, um, and how you got it nailed down to the point now where you think you've got an got an improved product. Uh, well, well, I think from a. Go uh, ahead, Eric. You want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, I think before we didn't really have. Um, we didn't have nearly the right equipment. We still don't, but we've made a lot of improvements to what we needed to get done uh, as far as uh, regulating fermentation temperature, uh, getting a right mash done. The mash done before uh, was completely unpredictable. It wasn't an actual mash done. It didn't have a false bottom. It had a false cylinder in the middle. Um, it was just really dumb the way, the way that we used to brew. And, uh, you know, I think they all went into it with really good intentions. But um, at the end of the day, like, they were trying to reinvent the wheel and it's not going to happen. Like, you can't make a new mash done. You either have a false bottom, and uh, you actually mash the right way, or you don't at all, basically. Right. You're not. Right. Brewing science has developed over the last 5,000 years yeah, or whatever. Absolutely. It's not going it's, it's it's to change gonna yeah, very much. Well, it's not going it, to happen from some random It might have been a little different in, in, in the early 90s when some of these breweries started up, and they kind of had some cobbled-together equipment, and um, they made it work. But... We live in, in a world now, especially here in Cincinnati, where there's a lot of people that just don't, they don't put up with those inconsistencies. So it's, it's important to me that that is still part of the story of this brewery. And, and then John, turnaround. John, are you, are you sort of the white knight in this? Are, are you the, 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 the money, so to speak, that, that you know, Eric can come to and say, hey, we need this, we need that, and, and, and you can respond to him? Well, I, I wouldn't classify myself as a white knight, Mike, but, you know, what, what we're, our job is, as servant leaders is to really listen to what Eric is, is asking for, asking the business questions on what's that return going to be if we do that. Because our ultimate goal, as you said, is it's about producing quality beer. And Bad Tom has a history of producing good beer. Unfortunately, at times it's not consistent. And um, the brewing process itself We've had very, very smart engineers who kind of put this brewing system together. We affectionately call it Frankenstein. As <laughs> I understand it, we're not the only person who has a Frankenstein oh, yeah, in no, Cincinnati. That's for sure. But, you know, we have to make do with what we have at this point. And um, we, we do aspire to get to that next level, and the next level is going to be an end-to-end -end brewing system. 
but in the short term, we listen to what Eric says. He's the, he's the person we're entrusting with the quality of our beer. And if Eric says, John and Cheryl, I need support in this area, then, then absolutely. You know, we provide him with the support because ultimately it is a science experiment. And if you can't really trust the process and the system that you have, you're already setting yourself up for failure. And I think historically it's been very difficult to trust in what we have. We're not there yet. We're getting closer with each batch. And, and I think that a lot of the necessary changes have been made. But over the next couple of months, time is really going to play itself out and show that you know we can produce that quality on a consistent basis. And we're not losing batches on a consistent basis either. And I, and I think that's one of those things that it just, you know, it, it takes time to, to prove to, to the people that might have their doubts that it's, it's different here now than what it was before. And... Um, not that the you know the, the beer is is complete turnaround. It's it's still those same things that people fell in love with. Those you know the same Fink and the same you know Bad Tom Ale. And I mean they're they're still here. You know that that Black Kettle Stout is I I love that beer. I'm, I, but I can't. People wait. weren't giving you a chance. So I'm 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 beside myself with hoping to taste some here in a few <laughs> minutes. Um, I I have to say I like the space. I, I I'd never been here before. I was not here. Under the previous regime, I was not here when the tap room was in its previous iteration, so I really don't have any uh, reference point. Uh, but it's just real clean. Uh, you know, the picnic tables, no problem with that. Uh, there's plenty of places in Cincinnati that have picnic tables. You also have some of the high tops and some of the high chairs. And then what I really like is is the, is the way that the you can see the brewing equipment behind sort of this. Um, this uh, glass, these panes of glass, like these glass windows, I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Is that something that was in the previous uh, design, or is that something that came after? Yeah, so we, we've always had those French doors, um, but they all used to be on wheels, so you can move all of them. Um, but what we decided to do was, uh, we know we didn't want the whole, all the windows there, because like on the other side, I've got buckets and stuff. So I don't have much room, I can't make anything look pretty, so it's nice. Um, to have that little half facade there to cover up most of the stuff. You can still right. see the tanks. You can still yeah, I mean, see everything else, like all the good stuff. Yeah, I think that's um, cool. And so what we did, we actually, this was out in there a little bit, like right under the I-beam. So we moved it out, made this part um, fixed, and then we have the door right over there by the bright tank and the bar that I pull out when I need to uh, brew and clean and get all, all that stuff done. Uh, five beers on tap right now. We're going to get into uh, from the beer fridge here in a couple of minutes. Uh, we've, we've got a few minutes left with uh, John Voitush, uh, and then a pumpkin, uh, the Old A, which is a regular beer of yours, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the Russian Imperial Stout, which I had during Cincy, Cincinnati Beer Week last year uh, at a place in Milford, which was outstanding, easily love that beer. Easily one of the best Russian Imperial Stouts in Cincinnati. Thank right up you. there with Axis, right up there with, you know, anything mm -hmm. that's brewed here. Uh, and then the uh, blush, the Wicked Cheryl Blush Pale Ale. That's good. That, is that uh, strawberry? or? Yeah, that was yeah. strawberry. Okay. Tastes uh, like a sweet tart. That beer is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> I, um, you know, the question, since we've got John on the line, you know, I, I kind of curious you know and the, the question i get asked most from people is is why keep the branding at all why not start from scratch with something that people don't have preconceived notions about well i think to, to answer your question gnarly gnome 
there is a lot of value in the, the Bad Tom Smith brand. Um, I know that for a lot of individuals who are very passionate and, and really are very in tune with the craft beer industry in the Cincinnati marketplace, they, there is a, a perception at times that Bad Tom has been of maybe poor quality or inconsistent quality. But what we're starting to do is we're starting to appeal to um, not just uh, the, the very loyal people to a lot of different breweries are trying to bring in some new people that they don't have a preconceived notion yet. And the Bad Tom Smith story itself is a very cool and compelling story. <laughs> we have uh, individuals that um, are Bad Tom historians that we're bringing into the fold. We have a, cool. an individual who came up for the grand reopening that uh, is actually in the process right now of producing a Bad Tom Smith movie and he knows that character inside and out, and he's somebody who can represent the brand. Brought a special appeal to our grand opening where he can sit down and you can actually talk to a person who knows this character and, and represents what it is we're trying to portray as a brand as well. So there is some negative connotation with some individuals in the marketplace for willing to kind of take that beating a little bit because we think that there is a really high value to the Bad Tom Smith brand. It's a cool story something that I can sit down or Eric can sit down or anybody can sit down and share five or ten minutes of this history of this individual and um, it really lines up with the types of beers that we're trying to to portray those darker beers the richer richer beers and um, it gives you a little something to talk about you know over over a glass of beer too so uh, we're proud to continue to carry the bad Tom name it's something that we never we never doubted we wanted to continue with uh, Cheryl and myself, you know, we're not craft beer experts. We didn't step into this because we wanted to start a new brewery. We actually wanted to take Bad Tom Smith and turn it into what Sean and Eric and Charles, who was one of the original owners, take it and turn it into what they envisioned. And it just would not have felt right if we, we took it with a, with a new name. Um, and we're hoping that people will see that, that it is the right name and uh, they overlook some of the mistakes in the past and see a lot of the great things that Eric's doing moving forward. I don't think that there's any new brewery that would come online in this town or any other town that, that would not love to call themselves Bad Tom Smith Brewing if it wasn't already taken. I mean, again, I, I don't know if people are really aware of the story. I know he was a bad man, a whiskey drinking Absolutely. man. I have in front of me uh, Showhouse Productions, The Untold Story of Bad Tom Smith, uh, yep. narrated by Tom Wopat. I happened to watch this it's, it's on awesome. PBS one time, it's awesome. and uh, it's really an amazing story. And then also uh, for people that are interested, so there's that's available here at the brewery. Also, uh, Singing from the Gallows, the story of Bad Tom Smith is told by his great-grandson, Wayne Combs. It's about, looks like maybe a couple hundred page book. Uh, and uh, that's available here at the brewery as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about Bad Tom Smith. Why was he so damn bad? I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, first of all, he was uh, pretty much, I guess, he'd be considered a mass murderer in today's uh, terms. Uh, he was actually part of this French Eversole feud in Eastern Kentucky. Um, he was born in, I think it was, ha yeah, he, he was born in Hazard and did a lot of his damage in around Hazard and Breathitt. And, um, so he sided with the French's and it was just all these big politicians and landlords and stuff 
Um, it was just that like, classic Western right. There view, was there was basically. yeah there was the shop, shopkeeper. One side was the shopkeepers yeah. or whatever, and some other people were farmers and things like that. Yeah. And it was just for control yeah, of the town. It was for who was going to be in charge of who was going to be in the bear and who mm-hmm. was going to have the best jobs and and so forth. And it was it was a it was a Hatfields and McCoys, yes. uh, <laughs> Earps versus the uh, uh, the, the um, uh, McClowry and, and and those boys uh, from the OK Corral. Really, very similar story to that. And how mm-hmm. and and John, how cool is? I mean, that yeah, I I could, you, you, it's very easy to understand why you guys did not want to move away from that story and that kind of attitude and that and that uh, and 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 that sort of selling point, that marketing. Uh, well, so important, and, and I hate calling it marketing because it, it it doesn't come off as some kind of marketing gimmick. Which is, you know, there's some breweries that you walk in and it's it's a marketing gimmick. They come up with a name and then they theme to that name, and it's it's a little cheesy. You know, we've all been to breweries like that before, not necessarily here in the city, but um, it doesn't feel like that here. It feels like it was a name. You know, we we know they didn't start with that name. It kind of came about out of necessity, and they just fell into it, and it was like, oh. Why haven't we been doing this the whole time? And it's like that's yeah. that's what I like. So I, I hate using it as as a as a marketing term. I mean, I understand that it is, but um, it doesn't feel like that when you come here. And I think that's I think that's important to put out there. It's not just a a building with a sign stuck on it that says, "Hey, we're Bad Tom Smith. Come pretend like well, you thank know you. We're, we're outlaws." Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I think one of the things that you'll see is when you look at the the names of the different beers. Um, we do bring that Bad Tom history, that Eastern Kentucky history into how we're branding our beers as well. When you think about Old Abe, who is a distant relative of, of Bad Tom, and you think about the Fink, uh, there's a story behind Mike Fink and, and how he was you know, part of the Kentucky history um, along with Davy Crockett. And um, then obviously the Bad Tom Smith Brown Ale it ties in very well with how we want to represent our beers. We're not selling whiskey, but when you think about Bad Tom, you start thinking about maybe some of those darker beers. You're not sitting there thinking about, well, I'm going to get a, a nice light beer. I'm, I'm going to get something that's fruity. You're going to get something that's a little bit more of an edge to it. And that's really what Eric appeals to. He likes the dark beers. I know he'll talk more to it later. But as I said, it just fits into what we're trying to portray um, in, in terms of being a little bit on edge. I think it's also a good reclamation story, if I can say that. If you do take a look at the history of Bad Tom, before he swung from the gallows, you know, he did turn his life over to the, the higher being and um, was able to show that he could turn things around even though it was a little bit late. And we're looking at it the same way. The one thing that Bad Tom has the potential to do is to be that first brewery that actually had a turnaround story. Nobody else has failed at the level that we have in the past, but we feel we've got great potential to be a great turnaround story, which is a little bit like Tom turned his life around at the end as well. That's fantastic. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you could uh, what, what ultimately, I, so you want to have a turnaround. What ultimately for both of you guys is going to be, uh, you know, be a success? Another year in business, another two years, five years? Um, uh, for me, it's uh, making it last basically as long as possible. Yes, so forever. Basically, get it turned around, get it on the right track. Um, and I think you know, I agree with John on this too. Like making sure everything's consistent, making sure we have a lasting profile that we can go out into the future, and uh, just not worry about any of the old problems that we used to have. John, um, 
you're in Pittsburgh. You're not here all the time. Do you think that's do you think that's a good you know do you think that's a good model? I mean, is it is that something that you think that can work? Uh, I, I know it's important for people that are at the top to have to really count on their people and and to trust in their people, and, and I applaud you for that. But that might be taking it a little bit far. Do you think, are you concerned at all about that? How often do you get into town to check out what's going on here and so forth? Oh, very, very much concerned, Mike. Um, I'm not going to mislead you. We, we did not anticipate some of the challenges that we have run into, and it has been very challenging at times. Uh, we, do, we have gone through some turnover at different levels, and we believe that, you know, with Eric, as our head brewer and uh, beginning to, to take a look at more of a focus on our costs, uh, we have the potential to have a very solid business model. Our involvement right now is extremely important. Um, we are the ones that have to bring that business sense to what it is that Bad Tom can be while Eric brings that quality to the marketplace in terms of our beers. We we know that it's very challenging and it's very unorthodox for people to be four hours away and run this type of business. It's, it's something that we're adapting our lifestyle to. Cheryl and I, at a minimum, are down in town uh, every other week. Um, we're wanting to do some things uh, a little bit more quickly where we're playing more of a day-to-day -day role down there in Cincinnati. Uh, right now it's not feasible because we are professionals in two different industries that are very demanding of our time. So we are taking steps to make sure that we have the right people. Uh, we're investing the most time that we possibly can to ensure we're as successful as we can. It's going to take us probably a little longer because we are a little bit farther away. As an example, today we have a, a new tap room server, Kevin, who it's his first day. Yay, and we had Kevin! A, oh. We had a chance to uh, come in over the weekend and train him on this position. And he's somebody that really is a craft beer snob. That's the way he branded himself. <laughs> And he's very proud of it. And um, we're bringing those types of individuals on. And each time we bring somebody in who's more knowledgeable on the industry, more passionate about it, wants to be part of what we're doing, makes it a little bit easier for us. And six months from now, we might be operating a little bit differently. But right now, Cheryl and I are doing everything we can with, with our time to ensure that we're there. I can tell you that we, we're available every evening we come home. We're on the phone with our team and trying to talk through challenges with processing a discount on a beer or working with Eric on a yeast order or whatever it might be. And, and that's just the way that it has to operate now until we get to that point where we feel we can do it in a way that can scale. You asked the question about what it is we want to do next or where is it that we're going to go. The most important thing to me is first seeing people enjoy our beers. You talked a little bit earlier about the fact that you know Bad Tom may not have the best reputation in the industry. If I could begin convincing people that our beers are of that quality that you can expect to matter, if you catch it off the tap, if you come into our tap room, if you're at another bar, trying it in Kentucky, trying it in Cincinnati, wherever, and you can trust this is going to be quality, then we've been successful. Where we're going to go as a business is going to be dictated by our willingness to, to go to where the opportunity is. We've already had developers who've approached us um, on the east side, on the north side of Cincinnati, um, in terms of maybe taking our operations someplace else. I need to see for the next six months that we can operate like a business. There's going to be no shortage of our ability to scale this business, both in terms of brewing capacity, 
individuals as well as the tap room if we can show we can do it at the scale we're at today. We do that in the next six months. We'll be back on the Cincinnati Brewcast talking to you about what our next growth strategy is going to be, and it'll be beyond what you're looking at today. Excellent. Excellent. Well put. Yeah, very well put. <laughs> um, John, um, when you you know when you think about it, it, it's such a big industry in this town. It's 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 a it's got a very um, you know it, it's been very successful very quickly, uh, and it interests me that you you mentioned that maybe you guys might have started a little bit fast, and then you need you needed to actually rein all that back back in and and bring it back in so that you can you know understand how it's scalable, where it's scalable what you know and and it just interests me that it, it's almost a as you said a story of redemption but it, it seems like it's also a story of contraction it's a it's a it's a story of bringing yourself back in figuring out what you need to do figuring out what you do well what you don't do so well fixing that um and and, and it's really a very interesting model that maybe not just your brewery but there might be another couple of breweries in this town that might want to consider that kind of that, that kind of approach. Uh, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I think coming from an entrepreneurial and a business turnaround background, I've, I've had failures and I've had successes. And you quickly learn that there's no one way of doing things. But what you have to do is you have to understand what your ability is today before you can think about what you're going to be in the future. And Bad Tom and really Double Barrel Brewery at the beginning was part of this tidal wave that was part of the craft brew industry that was growing in Cincinnati. Well, that tidal wave has been running for a good solid couple of years, and Bad Tom fell off that wave. While a number of other breweries, many of them, were able to catch that wave and go to a level that nobody could have foreseen a year or two ago. When you take a look at how Mad Tree got to where Mad Tree is, that's what we all aspire to be. I'm not going to have 20 beers on our roster. We, we're going to have seven to ten beers at some point in time, depending upon what direction Eric wants to go with some things. But how they've grown is a great model. However, we missed a window. And we now have to kind of roll up our sleeves, pull up our boots, and say that every day we're going to have to satisfy every customer that comes in the door. And $5 a beer, or $3 for a discount beer, or $8 for a howler, they're going to have to be satisfied, and I have to build very, very slowly to be able to get to that point because we did not take advantage of that over the last couple of years when just about anybody who jumped in could have been successful because there was so much exuberance behind the marketplace. There's still no ceiling in sight, but Bad Tom is now with that second wave. We missed the first wave. We're part of the second wave, and we have some advantages by having a customer base, by having a strong presence on Eastern Avenue by two great restaurants, having a great head brewer. We've got a head start on a lot of people, but that doesn't mean that we're a mature business yet. And in the next six months, we believe we've got a lot of the parts in place to be that reclamation project and just really build a solid business. And if we do that, the wave of the craft beer industry in Cincinnati is gonna take us to that next level. We were very impressed with our grand reopening over four weeks ago in the tap room, we had over 500 individuals come through in a four-day period of time. And almost everybody we spoke with 
had some interaction with Bad Tom in the past, either at a beer fest or they've been in the tap room. They've seen some of the ups and downs. They all shared some comments. When they all left, what was most gratifying is, is that they really were impressed with the quality of the beer. Yeah, they liked the way the tap room looked. That was cool. But they were there to really taste good beer. And if we were able to continue to do that, then that marketplace is going to keep us in that rotation that they're part of every couple of weeks or every couple of months. And, hey, you know what, I haven't been to Bad Tom in a while. I'm going to stop in. They're not going to question whether or not they're going to get a, a good beer. They right. know they're going to get something good. Absolutely. And, and that is what's going to help us drive to you know, that next stage. And we're involved in this because it's a great marketplace. Um, and if we just do the basic blocking and tackling, as I like to tell the team, we do the blocking <laughs> and tackling, the marketplace will get us to where we need to get to. Well, if calm, sound, thoughtful leadership is what Bad Tom Smith needed, and it seems like it did. Uh, it seems to me that you're the man to bring it here. And uh, it's been so nice talking to you. We really appreciate you joining us all the way from Pittsburgh. Uh, we can't wait to be able to come down at some point and uh, sit with you in person and get, get to know you a little bit more. I know Noam uh, has done a lot of groundwork with you and has, uh, and has known you for quite some time, and, and he's told me a lot about you. And uh, everything that he's told me has been fantastic. And uh, getting to talk to you tonight over the phone uh, has can, really uh, proven it to me. That uh, can, can we get a promise that there's never going to be a Steelers flag hanging anywhere <laughs> here at this program? I will not let hey, hey, hey. I, I, Believe it or not, I'm actually I'm from Cleveland. Um, That's not any better. Come on. Was in Cleveland. So uh, I'm a Browns loyalist more than anything, so you'll never see a Steelers flag in there. <laughs> but, yeah. but Cheryl and I, Cheryl and I are, are very proud to be part of the Cincinnati craft beer marketplace. Um, we really appreciate everybody's support. The Brotherhood, you know, we've had a chance to experience some of that. Scott at Blank Slate, individuals at Mad Tree. Uh, we had some individuals in from Listerman's for our grand opening, too, that they were very supportive of Eric. We're very appreciative of the professionals in the industry supporting us and wanting us to be successful, too, very much like yourself, uh, the Gnome, Tina, well, thank you very much for giving us a little bit of your time today and being willing to give us a second chance in the market. We're very comfortable and confident with Eric representing us. I think we have a very, very young, talented head brewer that, um, you know, we call him a gym rat. He's out there. Everybody knows him. <laughs> he, yeah. he really gets out into the marketplace, and people just love what he's trying to do, you know, for our beers. And we're very proud to be part of um, the marketplace. And we thank you again for giving us uh, the opportunity to tell you a little bit more about our story. Well, John Voitius, thank you very much for joining us tonight on Cincy Brewcast. And we wish you and Bad Tom Smith the best. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road, okay? All right. Now we're going to drink care, your everybody. beer. Thank now you. we're going to drink your beer. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, and uh, that was John Voitius, the uh, owner of, uh, of uh, Bad Tom Smith Brewing here in Cincinnati. And we'll have more with the head brewer of Bad Tom Smith, Eric Napier, right after this. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, everybody. Mike Cisneros here. And as a craft beer lover, you want the same thing I do. The finest in handmade lagers, ales, and stouts. But do you take the time to think about whether the same care and attention has been given to the treats you feed your dog? 
Well, I'm here to tell you about Brewhouse Dog Bones, made from the same wholesome malted barley that you'll find in the delicious beers from many of Cincy's finest craft breweries. Brewhouse Dog Bones are handmade in small batches using just three additional natural ingredients, peanut butter, organic eggs, and brown rice flour. So you know your best friend is enjoying almost the same great craft experience that you do. And Brewhouse Dog Bones are not only good for your dog, they're good for our community because they offer real-world training and a work co-op experience for developmentally disabled young adults ages 18 to 22 through the New Richmond, Sycamore, Marymount, and Oak Hill school districts. Brewhouse Dog Bones are available in the distinctive brown paper sacks with the red dog bone at some of Cincy's finest craft tap rooms, including Mount Carmel Brewing Company, Listerman Triple Digit Brewing in Cincinnati, and Old Firehouse Brewing in Williamsburg and great pet stores like Newtown Feed and Supply and Earthwise Pet Supply in Montgomery. For more information about Brewhouse Dog Bones, to carry Brewhouse in your tap room or pet store, or to find out how your school district can participate in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, just contact Lisa Graham by visiting www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hey, we just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. You can also subscribe to the show on some of your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud. Just search Mike at Cincy Brewcast and search Cincy Brewcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast. Be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. A brand new way to interact, you can leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send us an email at cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with the voice of Cincy Craft, Cincy Brewcast. Can you have more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> I just can't stop playing that uh, little sound clip from Dan Listerman. Can you have more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. Which, uh, by the way, I don't know if you got a chance to uh, watch that um, Queen City Craft show yet. Uh, yeah. Um, there was a quote from, um, from, from Jason Brewer at Listerman that I absolutely fell in love with about... Um, I, I want to be 100% of the market share talking about local uh, beer. Uh-huh. He's like, I don't want regional breweries uh-huh. anymore. Uh-huh. I don't want, I, I just, I, I loved it. I just got to give Jason a shout out for that. It's we are uh, coming to you live from, uh, and in person from uh, bad Tom Smith brewing here on Eastern Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio. We played our, uh, since or our, um, uh, Brewhouse Dog Bones uh, promo uh, a couple of minutes ago, and we want to let you know that uh, here at Bad Tom Smith, they are participants in the program. Uh, you can pick up the Brewhouse Dog Bones uh, here at Bad Tom Smith Brewing uh, for uh, five dollars a bag, and of course uh, that benefits uh, the uh, uh, the developmentally disabled youth uh, in several. Uh, school districts around the area so make sure you support every time uh, you see the brew house uh, label you support uh, brew house dog bones uh join with the gnarly gnome and eric napier uh the head brewer here at bad tom smith we have dog action dog on hot dog on dog action going on right here uh, 
It wouldn't be but Cincy Brewcast it wouldn't without be some Cincy dogs Brewcast barking. Without some dogs barking, thank God. Uh, and so, uh, as uh, we uh, we've been rooting around, and we're gonna find out what we have from the beer fridge. <laughs> we have the Bad Tom Flight, and first of all, full disclosure: we've been drinking the Fink Red Rye uh, out of a pint uh, the whole time that we were talking to John, and we've been talking to Eric. As, here and I want to tell you it's incredibly solid. Uh, 8.7, which you can you can feel it. You know oh, yeah. you know there's a, some, some beers that, yeah there's some beers out there that that you don't know it. I mean Citra High comes to mind. Uh, you know there's a few of the double IPAs that you're really not sure that, um, that they got the alcohol content. That stand stout from Old Firehouse yeah. always catches me. But off this there. Uh, yeah, this awesome. bad boy over here, this Fink Red Rye, you know it, and that's not. I mean, you know, you might say, oh well, that's not. That may not be a good thing, but mm-hmm. man, I like it. It's got bite. It's got Absolutely. attitude. It's got. It's <laughs> got badass in a glass, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us how you get how the how the Fink comes about and what you. Oh, how, cool. the, how yeah. What, what what do you do with the Fink? Uh, tell us what we should be tasting. Tell us what we should be noticing. Uh, uh, well, that one I actually just recently just brewed that. I changed the recipe up a little bit, um, so that one doesn't have as much rye as I'd like it to. So you don't get too much of the rye, but it does have a lot of uh, uh, really good like candy like fruity like uh-huh. hop well, characteristics. Well, it does have that. Uh, it does have that sharpness though. It yeah. does have that uh, sh- rye sharpness that I like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I made it real caramely, so that's got a lot of really nice caramel flavors too. Uh, I mashed that one a little bit hot to get a lot of unfermentables into it, um, just because I knew I wanted to, to uh, hop it up a little bit more than like a traditional rye would be. Um, and I wanted all that alcohol too, and I wanted a lot of extra specialty malts. Um, so I wanted to get a lot of really good malt backbone flavors to kind of counteract those hops. Um, but I also wanted that rye bite at the end too. Uh, and so that was kind of like the basis behind that formula. All right, next on our... Uh, Roll through the flight. Yeah, let's go through the flight. And this is the, uh, again, uh, a connection to the to the bad Tom Smith legend and, and history. Uh, the Breathitt County Blonde Ale is the first. You get lots of um, fruity kind of citrus aroma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one has a lot of... Uh, had a real big late edition of Hirschbrucker, actually, to make it. I kind of wanted to make it like a little bit like a German blonde. Uh-huh. And it, it, you know, that's that's the first instinct I get as soon as I yep. taste it is that 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 big Tangerine, German kind of mm-hmm. um, a little mango ju- juicy flavor. It's yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we're getting to try this one before fall sets in I fully know, right? and it gets yeah, cold. Yeah, this is a, yeah, this is a, a summer this definitely. is a summer uh, summer pounder at six uh, percent. Though you, I don't know how how much you want to be <laughs> pounding it too I much. Like, I, don't know. I like my alcohol for sure. <laughs> But uh, no, that's just pretty much like a no frills blonde, just nice, easy drinking one. Um, it, so that's you're interested in, and in, uh, very clear, mm-hmm. uh, just slight, just slightly cloudy as as far as, be, but it's unfiltered, I guess. Yeah, right? absolutely. And um, it should be noted that we, you know, our fight's been sitting here for a little bit, so they are they have warmed up a little bit, and this is still a really yeah. good beer. And I think yeah. that is that is, that's a mark of something. Yeah, absolutely. If you can't enjoy. You know, I think there's a quote in that video from Dan, from Dan that said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't enjoy your beer warm, what are you doing? Then there's, you know, something wrong that you can't have at room temperature. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the IPA, flagship craft beer uh, style. Absolutely. Uh, if, if you can't do an IPA, uh, yeah, you, you might as well get out of the freaking business, right? <laughs> yeah. We have tried this one on the show, too. I think we had this, what was it, like 
three weeks ago, four yeah, weeks I remember, ago. Uh, John Bent stopped in. Yes. Yeah, John Bent joined us and brought poured some of this for us. Um, clean, crisp, mm-hmm. light, not tooth, you know, not not tooth shattering, uh, but right. good and solid. Mm-hmm. What do you do with this one? So that one's actually, you can notice that's pretty dark. Um, so I added a lot of extra crystal malt into that one because I knew I wanted to uh, put a lot of hops into it. Um, and that one's, there's two hops. It's only um, Columbus and Simcoe. It's a lot of both of them. Uh, I knew with those hops, I didn't want to make like, uh, you know, the regular run-of-the-mill two-row with a little bit of carapils, et cetera, et cetera, make it like look like the blonde and have that big hop characteristic and hops only. Uh, again, I kind of like, I believe in balanced beer. I didn't want to make it just, That's I didn't want to throw hops in the wart and uh, be like, hey, try my IPA, smell it, smells great, tastes great, well, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, I wanted it to have a lot more flavor, uh, I believe. I think it's my opinion that hops are always a cop-out because it's so easy to just literally weigh out your hops and throw in the boil. I like to control it a little bit more with the mash. Um, but, you know, hops like Columbus and Simcoe, is some, I really, really like them. And, uh, you know, those flavors you can't emulate, so you, don't want, you want to put it in the beer. And John Bent is on on Periscope, so he wants everybody to know that it is on tap at Packhouse Meats in Newport. (laughs) (laughs) Packhouse Meats is excellent, by the way. What a delicious place to go. So we did did get a chance to try the Imperial IPA, too, on that same show. Yeah, I love that. When is that? uh, i got to place that hop order because that is so much Falconer's Flight, it's unreal. (laughs) Um, But I did find a place. I actually ran out. I only have, I think I only have like five or six pounds left, and that's not... That's, will not even take care of one addition in that beer. So I, I actually found a place that has a bunch of six or seven C's and Falconer's Flight. I'll be placing an order, and that will go. I'm thinking about making that within the next two months. I can make a decent amount of it, but it all just depends on how much Falconer's I can get. I'm just going right. to buy all of it as much as I can to keep making that beer because I love it. The next is the this is the uh, American Brown, Yeah, right? that's the, the, bad, the Tom. bad Tom. Again, when we tried on the show a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's not bad. It didn't turn out as uh, roasty and chocolatey as I wanted it to be. But uh, I just... Uh, it's got I a little sweetness. Yeah. Got I'm, a little... Um, a little honey, maybe, even? Like a honey? A little bit. There's some honey malt in there. Is there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, a little so honey I get taste. that. It's real... That honey malt bouquet. I can see more... Novice beer drinkers liking this, yeah, that was kind of the premise. Liking the blonde, yeah, that was kind of the premise behind that one. That's Bad Tom's always uh, kind of been like our approachable flagship. Like that's the beer we want you to drink if you don't like, you know, if you only drink Bud Light or Miller Light, yada yada yada. You know, that whole adage. Folks, no off flavors, no weirdness, no, you know, like it's been sitting. Or anything like that. They're all solid uh, beers. They're solid beers. It's very fresh. Um, it's very tasty, flavorful. Um, if your concern at one point was the quality of the beer here, um, I think that uh, your fears are no longer founded. Yeah, and it's not um, like I haven't been up here every week since you know the, the whole this whole change has taken place. But I've you know I've I've had the beer quite a few times, and I've. I haven't found a batch that, I've had that, the has, brown. that has hit me wrong at all. I've had nice. the brown. I've had the uh, uh, All-American, and uh, both of them were fine every time I had them. I mentioned I had the Russian peel. Other than that, I have not had any of the bad Tom Swift beers. So, mm-hmm. And very excited then about now. What is this one? That one's Old Abe. That's the uh, 10% this strong. This is the Old Abe. Now, did mm-hmm. we get any of the oatmeal stout? Uh, no, I actually can go. 
for you. So uh, he's got a pint out of it. Well, we're going to do the old day because this it said this was coming soon, but this is actually on right now. Yes, that's a little and, test batch. And this it. is the old the American Strong Ale. Now, was this one an older recipe too? Yeah, yeah, that was Charles, and I put my spin on it. But uh, that one's super hoppy. That's pretty much like an Imperial Red Double IPA, crazy strong ale. So questions are coming in on Periscope. I know we're in the middle of our beer fridge segment, but lagers, is there any hope of doing lagers in the near future? I know that space and... I, I would love to. I've, I've made a few before. Uh, I know we actually made one here too. It was like uh, kind of a Marzen style. I, like um, I would love to. It's just I can't. I don't have as much cellaring space as other people. I can't right. keep a beer in there as long uh, as it would take for a lager. I wish I could. I really do because I really enjoy lagers. I love Oktoberfest. Like this time of year, that's all I drink is Oktoberfest and stuff like that. And um, then, so I would love to. And I'm like, I'm jealous. Evan at uh, um, Braxton, his Oktoberfest was amazing, and I want to like, I really want to make one, but I just can't. Yeah, what was the? Um, well, it <laughs> uh, I think it was a JJ Brew that just chimed in with it. Was it Gintinken? What was that last oh, year? Oh yeah, Gehankton. Gehankton. <laughs> literally, it was German for hanged man. Yeah, it was. Um, that was. <laughs> I had that at that the. That was Charles's uh, the, creativity. The, um, <laughs> The, the Ohio winter brew bonanza, whatever that was last winter. Oh, That's yeah, we had tried that. Maybe Kevin will uh, send me over a flight glass of the uh, oatmeal stout uh, at some point here so I can give that a shot. Look how oatmeal you stout, just did that. He's doing it. Oatmeal, <laughs> oatmeal stout is my favorite beer style. Uh, and Oh, yeah. Oatmeal stout is... Uh, I would have pegged uh, you with a Pilsner guy. Uh, when I had my pool in my backyard many moons ago, my weekend order at uh, you the drive You drank oatmeal stouts in the pool? My, my weekend <laughs> order at the, at the, was two, two bottles yeah. of Young's oatmeal stout Thank and you. a case of Bass Ale. No. And I would, nice. knock, I would knock them bad boys out right now. Absolutely right now. Yes, I drank it in the summertime. Yes. Very high. Yeah. Oh. Right, it's right there. Too. I would drink Soul Drifter in the middle of winter, just for the record. Yeah, I would too. If I can. I drink, the, I, drink, I drink this by the pool. Denver. This is there. You go. This is right there. This mm -hmm. is just. Exactly I tried to make it a little bit light too, a little bit lighter than. Yeah, yeah. Like just a regular stuff. But it's 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 at the it's 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 right. I mean, you know, I'm always gnome and I have a big thing about brewing the style, and mm -hmm. I think it's important <laughs> for brewers to be able to do it. Yeah, gnome absolutely. doesn't think it's as it's as. It's as important. He, I consider it like a final exam. And if you're going to call it oatmeal stout, it better taste like an oatmeal stout. Uh, I put a like crap oatmeal load of oats in that too, man. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is solid. This is worth coming nice. here. Thank you. This is worth coming here just for this. So, so Nancy, you're drinking it. Do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? I love it. Do you like it? It's solid. Um, uh, so I knew I wouldn't be contradicted on that. So that's delicious. It really is. Um, so... You in, so you inherited a bunch of recipes. Yeah, for the most part. Um, and plus, like, I started brewing. I just mm -hmm. came right into it and learned with Charles and then learned on my own. Uh, did a lot of my own research. And then through just experimenting on that, we got a really nice test kitchen in the back that Charles built. It's actually oh, really? really, really fun to brew on. Um, so I did, in my free time, I did a lot. I dabbled with uh, some of those recipes uh, as well as making some of my own. Um, and I kind of, like, learned what I like in terms of grains, hops, brewing styles, techniques, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so any recipes that I've been handed over, I've either, because a lot of our old recipes weren't to style. It was just kind of like, it was Charles doing his own thing, which nothing against that. He made some pretty damn good beers. Um, but it wasn't like, uh, like even that old Abe, it's not technically a strong ale. 
um, or it was t it's technically like a, a double red IPA, but uh, it was a little bit more malty than it should it be. So almost, I almost felt out. like it seems like like an ESB or something like that. I, that's that's oh, what with I, a crap load of hops. Yeah, for yeah. The nice part. Um, Imperial ESB. Mm -hmm. Imperial. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if um, that's ever been done that's before. That's not um, the style, but you know what? <laughs> where do you come from, craft-wise? What is your, what was your entree? What was your first your your aha moment or your uh, angels? You know, the heavens open up and the angels smile down on you. As <laughs> far as I, you know, we've heard. I've heard a lot of different. You know, I've heard a lot of different stories from a lot of different brewers. Mm -hmm. What's yours? Uh, well, mine because I'm only 24, so it was not too long ago. Um, of course, I never did any underage drinking in college. I'm that sure. No, I, you, no, you look like uh, a fine, upstanding young man to me. <laughs> we talked to Evan Rouse down at Braxton, yeah, right. who was working at Hofbrau House <laughs> underage. Yeah. So. But uh, no, my, like my freshman year at UC was just, that was all Natty Light, Bud Light, uh, beer pong drinking stuff. We never drank anything heavy. The heaviest stuff I would drink was Hofbrau House. I was in love with that place. Still am. I love that place. Um, and so I, uh, I, I, I don't, I guess, yeah, it's pretty much craft beer, I guess. Um, it was their Hefeweizen. And I started drinking that a bunch more, and I kind of branched, branched out from there. Like, it's most hefty. definitely craft beer. Yeah, they're Hefe, they're Dunkel. Um, the Dunkel is fantastic. Oh, it's I'm incredible. a huge Dunkel fan it's incredible. anyway. Uh, and then, well, then sophomore year, that came. That was the liquor year, so I'm <laughs> I switched to whiskey. I switched to all that stuff. That was the uh, liquor year. And that then, honestly, yeah, That's fantastic. I think the first time I had... It was like right when Alltech released Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. I had that, and I'd never had any, anything like it up to that point. And I was like, okay, I can do it. At first, I was just like, sweet, this is a lot of alcohol. It's cheap, and it tastes great. I'm doing it. This is a good transition from yeah, the liquor right. year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, yeah. I rolled with that, and then it just snowballed from there. I started drinking a bunch of different beers. And then I met Charles at my co-op down at Mubia. Um, and then he would always talk about this brewery that he owned, this double barrel place. I'm like, there's, there's no way. You don't work here and own a brewery. There's no way. Turns out he did. And then the, <laughs> that's how I got into the industry wow. after that. But, wow. uh, but homebrewing, when did you start homebrewing? Did you was, homebrew? I, I came right into here. Right in here. Doing it. Um, just because it was really interesting to me. And it appealed uh, a lot to my engineering side of the stuff with, you know, with the experimenting. Another and, engineer. And all that stuff. Exactly. Um, <laughs> They're, they're either it's engineers an, or food scientists yeah, or, or chemists. biologists. It's an industry for nerds is all it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and uh, it all it's just, kinda, makes, I just got really lucky. It's what makes cool. Hey, he brews beer, though. Oh, right. okay, well, that's great. Yeah, you can come to the party <laughs> yeah. but, uh, if you bring your beer. Yeah, it was good because, like, I didn't have to front any of the money and get a brewing system or get all that, even just the uh, – the necessary stuff for just doing five gallons at a time. I could just right. come in here, I can do 10 gallons on that, or I could do as many gallons as we can fit on that old crappy mash ton. Um, <laughs> that was, I mean, it was fun. It was a lot of work working on that old system. It still is. Like, uh, this is my, in no way, shape, or form a brewing system. We just are able to brew beer on it. Um, and uh, it turns out, we, you know, we can, I can't brew as many beers as I want because sometimes the system, it just can't handle some of the beers uh, that I want to produce. Uh, and like I can't do lagers. Um, I'm anything. impressed you can do the Imperial Stout. Yeah, honestly, that was a big experiment. When I made that batch, was I could only do 350 gallons of it on that system because it was so much damn malt. But uh, I was afraid the yeast was going to die. But I did uh, research. I found some yeast that could handle all that alcohol, that sugar, and uh, I just honestly I just let it ferment and sit for about 
probably about two weeks, which was still pretty young. And it, you know, I kegged, we put it in the bright tank. I kegged it, and it turned out awesome. I love that beer. What, what, what can you do that you want to do that you haven't done yet? Uh, a Belgian triple. I okay. actually I made a small batch of it not too long ago. I we might have someone left in the walk-in, um, but I'm not sure. But that turned out really, really good, and it's relatively easy. Um, it's just that one's just a matter of cellaring time as well. But I, uh, it turned out really nice. With I just made ten gallons of it, and uh, I only kept it in there for about two and a half weeks. And with the small, just the way my little fermenters are, that's that's not going to necessarily correlate to here. I think I could honestly shorten it up here. Um, Plus, the, the hot fermentation helps us, too, because we don't have the biggest glycol chillers in the world. So, honestly, it might, it'll probably ferment a little bit faster in here. Uh-huh. Um, and, again, it's a really high alcohol beer, which is what I like. It's like 9.5%. So, <laughs> I would really, really like to do that. Is that, is that an issue? I know what John was talking about it. He, he, he sounds like he wants big, badass to steal your big, badass beers. Is yeah. that what you guys... That's what I like. I just, the, the whole principle for me of, um, as I mentioned before, I like to do a lot of things with the malt. I really like grainy beers, dark beers, thick beers, multi beers. Um, so naturally, when I use a lot of malt, I get a lot of sugar. I get a lot of alcohol. And so that kind of appeals mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. That's what I really like to and, use. And, you know, we, we, we talk about people finding their, their niches in this craft beer scene. And there really isn't anybody that's really, you know, locked in on those big alcohol yeah big i swear to god i hear like every other day someone who's uh, like one of my friends are like oh i don't like ryan guys it's too hoppy then the next friend will say oh, i don't like mad tree it's too hoppy so everyone is always like this this brewery's to this this brewery's to that yada 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 everyone's got their own opinion like whatever um one of our members of our studio audience would like to know if you were ever going to brew a hefeweizen yes that's actually one of my very favorite beers i have a great recipe and absolutely okay absolutely well, she'll be back. He doesn't never, remember Barrel House. He's only 24. <laughs> I know of Barrel House, but I, I don't know about their happy. I've heard about that. A lot of people talk about it. It's awesome. Okay, you know, cool. When, when Barrel House closed in, what was that, 2010, mm-hmm. the idea was always for somebody else to buy the brands and to buy the recipes. So they are still floating around out there yeah. for somebody to snatch. I wouldn't mind making Hockingville's Heffy, the, du- the uh, Vandermeer double, double aught. Red Leg. Uh, the mm-hmm. Red Leg. The, uh, they had a hell of a stout, too. Um, uh, Boss Cox, yeah. da- Dark IPA. Yeah, yeah. we were, you know what, we were going to name a beer Boss Cox because someone told me about the story. And then we looked up the uh, trademark and it was owned by Barrel House. Uh, Barrel House, yeah. It's, it's still floating around I out know, there. I really want that. That's a sweet name. All right. Uh, listen up. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we will be right back with more uh, from Bad Tom Smith Brewing uh, with head brewer uh, Eric Napier. And uh, you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. It may be summer, but that just means it's the right time to start thinking about the uniform needs for your fall and winter sports teams. Whether it's new embroidered gear bags for your volleyball club, silk-screened warm-up hoodies for fall baseball, or a hot new look for your basketball team, Eastgate Custom Graphics can work with you to capture your team's unique style. Eastgate Custom Graphics team design experts can help you to stand out from your competitors, and with great brands like Nike, Port Authority, Hanes, and more, ECG has the names your players want to wear. It's also not too early to think about back to school, and ECG has all your spirit wear needs. We have gear from many of the East Side schools, and if you don't see it, just ask, and Eastgate Custom Graphics will design it for you. 
Eastgate Custom Graphics is located at 4459 Mount Carmel Tabasco Road, right next to St. Veronica. Talk to Don Hall or any of the design pros at ECG at 513-528-7944 or visit www.ecgraphicswithanx.com and customize your look today. Eastgate Custom Graphics, the official imprinting and apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette from Blank Slate Brewing in Cincinnati, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. What's that called? Beef Trust. Beef Trust. Yes, my, my Beef great, trust? great Beef Trust? Yeah, my great great grandmother uh, and her sisters were known around Mount Healthy as the Beef Trust. Why? <laughs> they, were, they were big women. <laughs> Since I have these gems on here from Dan Listerman, I just gets cannot. Me every time. I just cannot resist <laughs> playing them. Uh, back here with uh, with uh, Eric Napier at uh, Bad Tom Smith Brewing here on Eastern Avenue. We're having a great time. Uh, we have enjoyed everything that we have drank. Uh, if you, at one point or another, decided that uh, you were against Bad Tom Smith because of the tap room. Uh, because the beer wasn't right, because... Then, then you're stupid for not being here then, right now. Y- Yeah, then then you definitely... And I don't care if you come here right now, but... Uh, I do. Uh, well, I mean, I would like for you to come here no, right the, now. The door's open. The door's open. There, You're open till 9, 10? 10, 10, 10, 10, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, definitely, definitely plenty of time for people that are watching on Periscope to swing down and, uh, and, and have a beer. Uh, but if you don't come today, you definitely have to come because... And, and we're not, you know, we don't... We don't you know, we don't play that game on this show. If, 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 we, if we think, you know, if we didn't think it was right, we didn't think it was good, we, first of all, we wouldn't be wasting our time here doing a show here. And secondly, we wouldn't be blowing a bunch of wind up your ass telling you that it's good <laughs> when it. it's not. So, I mean, it, it is. You need to come down. And, again, when's that, when's that Russian Imperial Stout going on? That will probably – I'll be brewing that in November, so it'll probably come out. Oh. End of November, I'm, December. Perfect. Perfect. I'm a little curious Absolutely. about the pumpkin. That's, I'm only going to do that in a small batch because uh, I'm not the biggest fan of pumpkins. But uh, what's, what's, one, one needs what's, to be What's the made. base? What, 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 it's just what? an imperial amber, basically. Um, well, I'm, I, I have one for an imperial amber and just an amber. I don't know what I want the alcohol to be on it yet. Uh, I think I might actually toward, or go towards the lighter and just make it like a regular amber and then just throw in the allspice nutmeg. Uh, I've made it with brown sugar. I've made it with molasses, and I think I'm leaning towards uh, doing a little bit more molasses is, in it in the end of the kettle. This is fun for you, isn't it? You can do, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice. But uh, I don't want to make like anything crazy. But uh, I just want like a nice, approachable, drinkable pumpkin beer. Periscope for people who want is one. is calling for imperial. Okay, imperial <laughs> right. pumpkin. That's what I they're calling no for. Uh, we also had some questions about a couple of questions from Periscope. Thanks for everybody that's responding on Periscope tonight. Not a lot of viewership, but a lot of great questions from those of you who are joining us tonight. So, so the, the 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 big question I think has been about packaging. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of been talked about for for a while, and yeah. and and with all the changes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that still something that's talked about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think for now we just have to get a little bit. I have to get a little bit more batches um, down. I need to get everything a little bit more consistent. Uh, make sure all the sanitation's good to go. But as soon as we can, I would love to do like can a batch, and um, just get the mobile canning units in, and uh, just can a batch of bad time at a time and see where it takes us because we can always just call them back and do it more. Uh-huh. Um, I would absolutely love to. I don't really have room to actually get a canning or a bottling line in here. Uh, if I did, I would. 
but uh, I think mobile canning would be the way to go, probably within sure. that six-month time sure. frame that, that John was talking That's about. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be really um, cool. We're joined. Give us your full name. I know we're just knowing you as Kevin. Uh, what's your last name? Kevin Lay. Kevin Lay. And you have an interesting story because you're the you're kind of in here. I don't know, the tap room manager, I guess. But de facto, I guess. <laughs> I will anoint you. I will yeah. give you the yeah. The Pope has imbued me, and that is, and then I will give you the blessing as the tap room manager, de facto. You can um, do that. Well, you know, when you're Catholic, <laughs> feels so you know. good. <laughs> See, don't you feel better I already? Do. Um, um, but uh, John, I was talking to him briefly on the phone this afternoon before we joined. He joined us on the air, but he discussed your situation and how you came in, and you were just impressed with what was going on here, and and asking for a job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I live relatively close, so we could walk here. And uh, over the last year, we visited a few times, and like they said, the problems that they've had is inconsistency with the beers and. We were never quite sure what we would get when we would walk through the door, but uh, we came through uh, for the grand reopening and uh, definitely just wowed by uh, the flavors and how, how much, you know, they put into it. And, uh, you know, like, like they said, I'm a self-proclaimed craft beer snob. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm, after I had it, I'm like, wow, I'd like to be a part of this. And, uh, you know, what, what can you do to let me in here? <laughs> there you go. Uh, what was your? How long have you been doing craft beer, and what was your sort of start? And uh, well, like uh, like many people, I was uh, I wasn't a, a, a beer drinker at all for a while. You know, I just drank it mainly for the effects. Uh, I was more whiskey guy, and you know, my beer of choice was Budweiser, and uh, oh, my girlfriend, yeah, wow. right, but the, the diesel. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend, you know, tried to start to get me branched out. Actually, got me branched out. Uh, into craft beers, and I think one of the first crafts that I had that I was really impressed with was uh, the Kalamazoo Stout, and uh, good stuff. after that, good stuff. you know, I was just more open to it, and uh, that was right around the time when the Cincinnati brew scene started becoming a, uh-huh. a real, sure. you know, thing, and, uh, you know, we're spoiled here in Cincinnati. <laughs> we've, um, we've worked hard for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Work good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then, and then, so what? You know, how has the response been since the grand opening? You, I mean, you know, both of you guys, what have, what have you been seeing? What has been good? What has not been good? What you know? Are you? Are, I know when we came in, when I came in to set up, there were yeah, 10, 15 people here. There was a family and a couple of mm-hmm. guys that were drinking beer and stuff like that. Kind of a happy hour thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all kind of filtered out, uh, especially when. We sat down and started talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, is it, is, is it picking up? Is it, is it good? Is yeah. Getting a good, good yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, like, on the weekends are definitely a lot better, uh, especially down here. Um, just with, we get a lot of jaw from Terry's. We get a lot of jaw from Bella Luna. Um, and then just on the weekends, you know, when people are free, people bring their dogs down, kids down, yada, 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 do the whole uh, beer experience. But uh, we've, we've always struggled with marketing. We've never had a big name. Uh, and then we've always had... You know, there's little earmarks attached to our name, too, with inconsistency, bad batches, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, e- and even then, we would still get a decent draw, but it's definitely picking up a lot more, uh, especially since we did the grand reopening, especially since we got all this marketing stuff. Like, we had a great write-up in the Enquirer. You guys have done a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Gnomes write-ups, your write-ups are awesome, too. So it really, really helps, and it uh, gets more people out here. And th- we still get people coming in all the time or, like, 
been to all the breweries and never heard of you guys. I'm like, well, thanks for coming down. Yeah. You know? And I yeah. give them a flight. The and one, uh, they all like it for the, the most part. The, the one guy that was here before, I, they're in town from North Dakota. Yep. And the guy's name was Tom Smith. <laughs> yeah, so he had to buy a shirt and he had to, you know, he must have looked funny. it up in the phone book or something. And he, he had to have a shirt and he had to have a, you know, a, a beer. And, and so, uh, but that, that was, that, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I, I mean, I like it. It's, 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 it's comfortable in here. It's, it's way, not, way better than it used to yeah, be. We I used mean, to have those fluorescent lights up there hanging everywhere above here. Yeah. It's well, way and too let's, bright. Let's talk about the, the bar situation. You know, <laughs> you can walk over there and order a pint. Now, that's not the way it used to be. No, it was mm-hmm. over You're there. not getting an actual picture of what this used to be like. This, oh, it was terrible. This was the bar right here in the middle of the room. Okay. The right. You would, you would right, I heard that. You would order a beer and they, okay, and they would walk <laughs> over walk there to that corner and get your beer for you. You, a beer. you know, wade through the so people stupid. that were sitting there. And, you know, you talk about, you know, happy hours and stuff like that. What, what, why? why? <laughs> it's a I, I mean, there's a lazy and, and I mean, story behind that. I don't want to sit here and, and, and accentuate the negative, but why in the that hell was, was oh, it like that? was so that? dumb. It was uh, originally, so the LLC was filed in, all the way back in 2011. That's when Charles and Sean decided they wanted to start doing it. They got the building, started rehabbing it. They did it all themselves, so it took a long time. And uh, what they did was, this was before the law passed in Ohio where you can have a tap room. Uh, license attached to your, uh, you basically didn't have A1Cs. You right. couldn't serve your beer on premises, so you just make it. So they built the bar over there, that concrete bar, to just literally hang out and get away from their wives. That's literally <laughs> the purpose. Uh, so they ran the taps as close as they could to the walk-in. The like the walk-in is ever. right behind those uh-huh, taps. Right. Uh, and then they're just like, screw it. Now and they can could, they, we, can get up, we can get up and walk over and get a beer and yeah, come over no and sit down. It's no big deal. No yeah. big deal. And then they're, they, the law changed. The license became cheaper. And uh, you could have the tap room. So we're like, eh, cool, we got a tap room. Never really thought about how big it would get. And uh, we noticed how much of a pain in the ass it was. Our very first time that we were on the tap room trolley, where you have all those buses <laughs> coming every hour. And we're standing there with this tiny, like one of those little high top tables with mm-hmm. the cash register. Mm-hmm. And like that was where we set the beer to. And there's two people crammed behind there, a whole line of people going out through the door. And we're just kind of like, hey, okay, we'll get you beer. Hey, here's a beer, here's a beer, here's a beer, here's a beer. so bad. And so uh, that's been the thing, one of the things I've wanted for a long time is like get a damn bar in front of the taps, like <laughs> just get something. Right. And so they found that, and we put wheels on it. It's worked out perfect because I can move it, get it out of the way. Right, right. It holds right. everything. It doesn't right. look half bad, like it's good. Mm-hmm. And then plus that opens up where a lot, a lot of people can play games on the bar over there. Right, and it works right. out pretty nice, so too. So do you, you want a new space? Absolutely. Is this Absolutely. is this tough for you to deal with with yeah, wheeling bars definitely. and walls? I'll, I'll, and you know, I'll complain about it left and right, um, just because that's what I do. Because I'm a pansy. Um, <laughs> but no, at the end of the day, I you know I love it. Uh, it's a lot of work, and like for me to vent, I just like, complain about everything. So uh, you know, it's never going to be perfect. It's still a decent space for sure. It's a little bit hard to keep clean. I don't have like an actual brewing system, so that's tough in and of itself. Um, so I do definitely get frustrated at times, but at the end of the day, like I just took a sample of that Fink that I brewed, and like I said, I changed up the recipe, and it turned out way better than I ever could have thought. Um, so it's like moments like that, I'm like, ah, these problems don't seem that bad anymore. <laughs> like this is fine. Right. Uh, and you know, at the end of the day, I think every brewer agrees with this. The, you know, at the end of the day, if you have a crappy day, you can sit down and just go have a beer, right. and it's yours. <laughs> right. It's so right. awesome. You know, and right. it, there's got to be something too about you know 
earning your wings or something like that. Yeah. You know, you know, breaking Definitely. your seat. You talked about how you didn't homebrew before you came into mm-hmm. this. Well, maybe this is kind of your. Yeah, this is your <laughs> this your is my, homebrew yeah, this is my sort of right uh, punishment or training. I mean, you know, there's a you know, I mean, there's so oh many of these God, guys yeah, that really cut their teeth on mm-hmm. on homebrewing and, you know. Um, you know, it's interesting. I asked when I was in Florida, I, I got a chance to speak to one of the brewmasters at one of the absolutely beautiful place down there called Motorworks Brewing. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I mean to tell you, and, and uh, his name is Bob Ha, and, and, uh, and um, you know, he talked about, you know, graduating from home brewing. And, and of course, mm-hmm. he was a corporate brewer, you know, so he got to, he got to do... Uh, for a for a ta- for a for a uh, tap room sort of chain, mm-hmm. and but he was always developing you know developing and changing the recipes and all that kind of stuff. But you know they always they you know they talk about the you know the struggles and 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 and, and that kind of thing. So uh, you know it, it's good that you're having to struggle a little bit with this you know with Definitely. this uh, w- with what you're dealing with right now. Builds character. So it, that, sure. that brings up a question though too, like how how comfortable do you feel? pushing a recipe you know it's you know these some of these recipes have been around some of the the, the flavors people have gotten to know yeah i'm, I'm you know if you don't like something do you feel comfortable enough to push no. it to where you want no no, no. uh well yeah, yeah i feel comfortable i thought you were gonna say uh feel comfortable sort of like if i don't like a beer like it's going down the drain i'm not gonna right, right if right. it's not good i'm not serving it that's which is a lot different from the way that we operated in the past uh but, uh, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with um, expanding the recipe, making it better, making it even going towards what the trend is right now, too. Because I like, it's my opinion that you can't, you just can't keep the beer recipe the same ever. Like, no, you look at all the breweries in town, I guarantee you, none of those recipes are the same. They always tweak them, and that's what you have to do because trends develop. Uh, you know, new things come out, new malts come out that might be better, make, make the beer better, might make it towards where you want to go. Uh, there's new hops that come out. Um, like you see, Matry always has an experimental beer on tap because they get a lot of experimental hops, which is great. And um, and if you if you look at their early stuff from everybody, like if you look right when Ryan Geist opened, Matry opened, everybody opened, none of the beer is the same. It has right. the same name, but it is not the same um, because you have to get comfortable with your system. You have to get used to it. Uh, you have to get used to, uh, you know, your system changes over time and there's different chemicals, different cleaning techniques, and so you have to get it to where you want it while also keeping that consistency and that's where the challenge lies in because you always notice like all their every brewery has its own little taste um and and so it's kind of it's it's tough to deal with and that's really the hardest part the hardest part is definitely not the brewing of the beer it's brewing it consistently and the sanitation is definitely the most challenging part as well right right yeah that's when i the, when i did homebrew at, at the very smallest level that i you know very little I, I had a book but and the guys the guy's quote was when i tell my friends i spent the day brewing it really means i spent the day cleaning yeah <laughs> that's it's 99 cleaning uh, but yeah that, that's the other thing too is like if i make a recipe on the small kit the small system I'd be like, yeah, I could scale it up. It's no big deal. Um, but it's always, it's always going to be different. Like every home brewer thinks they're, yeah, brewing's so easy. Let's, um, let, let's go brew in a big system because it seems easy. Because like when you're home brewing, you're like, sweet, you know, there's not a whole lot of work. I mean, there still is. Like you said, it's, it's a lot of cleaning. It's on a much smaller scale. Right. You can all do it with your hand. 
Uh, you re it's really, really easy to control the sanitation in a small system. If um, anybody hasn't had the chance to go to a brewery and and, brew? and, and, and rake the grain yeah, you're not out of the be kettle, a brewer. Yeah. Yeah. hell no. That that'll that'll change your opinion. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's the funny part is, and I'm sure any brewery will be willing to let you rake the grain. Yeah, everybody out. loves free labor. <laughs> Come on. No, it's uh, so yeah. It, it seems like the theory is definitely the same. In principle, it's the same. Um, as long as you scale it up, like just scale it up per efficiency, like your efficiency on your bigger systems, most likely going to be better than your homebrew setup, unless you have like some awesome, crazy, sanky custom built system that's already like 90% efficient. I, You're going to have to make changes to the recipe based I had on a, that. I had a fantastic conversation with Evan Rouse at Braxton. I love Evan. They, they went out to Portland to brew at Widmer Brothers because they won. I don't remember what the competition was. Brew with, yeah, I remember brew with that. Widmer Brothers. Yeah, yeah it was some uh, kind sort of, of a new know, startup new brewery. brewery. Yeah, startup mm -hmm. brewery. And, which and hearing... Bra just the idea of Braxton as a startup brewery. I never. But, it just blows my mind. But that's, anyways, that's what made guys. the conversation fascinating to me, is to hear him, and I look at their brewery as a brewery that is designed from the ground up as being the perfect brewery. Absolutely. To, to walk into Widmer Brothers and hear his impressions of that and mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the efficiency differences between the two and scaling up and, yeah. and, and, and in some instances on things, you know, like scaling down even on some, right, some right. things, like just, just the differences from system to system yeah, and learning how it, to do different things. And it's never, ever, <laughs> ever linear. You want it to be linear, but it's always this the, crazy little exponential the curve fascinating thing The fascinating thing talking to them was hearing developing a recipe that Kevin, was thanks. We, no Kevin's going to go take care of some customers. Come on in, have a beer. That was able to be scaled up without affecting the recipe as much. I, th I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like they knew that we're brewing it here with my brothers. We want to brew it back here in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. How can we brew it on our system and their system and have a recipe that, that, that translates well both ways? Yeah, Just, absolutely. That conversation was fascinating to me. Yeah, it, it's crazy because you have all your heat losses um, and then and like it gets really technical with you know, your pump draw is always going to affect the flavor. We uh, need like a, a pump nerd, draw. We need yeah. some kind of what a the nerd. Hell is, that sounds kind we need of like pinky. a nerd alert sound effect. <laughs> like yeah. well, it's like you, you always lose pressure in pipe bends. So like, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go on. You want quit making fun of me. <laughs> theoretically, like in Tina's going to yell at us. Uh oh, we get in trouble. But no, theoretically, in your system, you want as little uh, turbulence as possible you want all the flow to be perfect you want everything to come through nicely you don't want a stuck mash etc 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 stop thinking that's what she said now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, <laughs> sorry i brought it up i don't have, I don't have my crap my, my my rim shot over here but uh no and that's that's the thing is is just managing all those what i like to call controllable factors because uh, nine times out of ten you do it the same way the same thing's going to happen with a brewing system like right. it's, it's designed to brew beer um but you're always going to work with a different system, so you're going to have yeah. different pumps. They're going to have different power draws, yeah, more so heat loss, etc. Et according to John, you're going to have to be dealing with that, with that for at least the next six months. Yeah, which is that's fine. That's okay. You know, we've it's, <laughs> it's not, but it, it, it it's works. not, but it is. We've got we've got a you know a few fantastic home brewers that listen to the show on a very regular basis, and the, talking to them and hearing their struggles on these these small systems and then talking to you know all these breweries around town mm -hmm. and hearing their struggles on these systems and it's just it's it's interesting yeah right? it, uh, it is really cool and that was like that was the thing with me in engineering school too it was like 
Yeah, I know how a, I took an internal combustion engines course for one of my electives, and we Hit learned... Hit the nerd alert sound effect. Yeah, well, we learned <laughs> all these equations. <laughs> we learned all these equations of how an engine works, and I actually worked at a company where I... Was, one of my co-ops was I was ripping apart small engines all day. I couldn't design an engine to save my life. Like, I know how uh -huh. it works, but I couldn't wow. build it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of... That same principle applies to, to brewing. You don't really know. I feel like um, you could do it better than me. <laughs> hey, listen. That's, hey, listen. That's just a guess. With that, we're gonna we're gonna take care of a little of a little business, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna wrap it up here on Cincy Brewcast. And we've got a couple of things that uh, Noam and I need to talk about real quick on uh -oh, the I'm air. In so uh, we will be right back. Uh, you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey, we just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. You can also subscribe to the show on some of your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud. Just search Mike at Cincy Brewcast and search Cincy Brewcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast. Be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. A brand new way to interact, you can leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send us an email at cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with the voice of Cincy Craft, Cincy Brewcast. Uh, my son asked me, how did you, how'd you plan all this, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> A little more Dan Listerman here on Nothing is cast. planned, ever. <laughs> Uh, the Gnome and I want to uh, talk about uh, some of our upcoming stuff that's going on, uh, going to be going on on Cincy Brewcast. First of all, uh, of course, we're doing a special night tonight with uh, the Bad Tom Smith uh, folks, and we certainly appreciate everything that John and Eric and Kevin, uh, they've taken really good care of us here tonight. Definitely come down here if you have not been or if you haven't been in a while. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a completely new experience, and we'll have a couple of last uh, words with uh, with, with um uh, here in just a couple of minutes from Bad Tom. But first of all, uh, Gnome, uh, we've got a really, I don't know. Uh, we we uh, normally uh, only do one live show a month. And right. it's starting to get out of control. Right. And, and I'm not entirely sure if this is not going to be our biggest show to date. And that <laughs> is, I, I mean. I can't figure this out. When you, <laughs> in, in Cincinnati, anybody and everybody knows that when you're going to, get a chance to do something for Kroger or with Kroger. Um, you know, they sponsor the Cincinnati Reds. They sponsor the Bengals. They sponsor just about everything. Um, they are anywhere and everywhere. And next Monday night, we are going to be so fortunate to be able to uh, meet with uh, Nick Walesha. is another uh, Polish name that I have a little. I think his name <laughs> I'll let is you Walesha. Uh, he is going. He is, and uh, there, um, and of course, we will also speak to the store manager over there at Oakley Station, the new, brand new Kroger store. The they have installed biggest Kroger, the biggest Kroger in the country, I do yeah, believe. Absolutely. I think so. And it's supposed to be awesome. If you need to buy a pair of pants while you're there, you can. Yeah, <laughs> and get an engagement. <laughs> That's ring. not a joke. And <laughs> get an perfect. engagement ring. And pick up a growler of yeah, your favorite beer. 
Absolutely. Cincinnati and regional and national craft beer, mm-hmm. and that's why we will be maybe, there. Maybe maybe not your Monday. favorite because there's no bad Tom there. So well, okay, all right. Well, hey, we'll but get, but we'll you know what? Yeah, yeah, they're they're going <laughs> to be looking. Sure. I'm sure. Uh, so we're going to meet with Nick and Ed and Ryan of the uh, of the Oakley Kroger. Nick is the craft brands manager for Kroger in Cincinnati and Nashville, uh, and he's going to be joining us as well as our taproom manager Ryan. A tap room or a growler it, station. It's, it's, yeah, a, right? it, it it's like a, a nice room. little it's beautiful. drinking place. Dude, I know uh, when they opened up, people lined up for the first day. And, like, there was a line around the, the store. And Mad Tree did like, it. To go tap 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 over. Right, yeah. It's amazing. Well, like, I live next to Jungle Gems. Like, oh, yeah. Around the corner from awesome. Jungle Gems. And that's that's my local bar. Yeah. I, I drink at the grocery store. <laughs> and and if, if my wife calls, I'm grabbing some groceries. We need milk, you know. So, anyway... <laughs> we're going to be at Kroger. We're at Kroger. <laughs> at Oakley Station. I love you, Jungle. Next Monday, the, tw- <laughs> Jesus. the 28th, 8 p.m., live on Periscope. I would have written a promo and read it, and it would have been sounded really it's, cool. Yeah. But, but the simple fact is we're going to be there. Please stop by. Hell yeah. I'd love to. You know, I want to check that everybody store that's out, it's, uh, a, come, it's an amazing come, store. Come stop by and see us. We're going to be on, and we're going to be talking everything. Craft beer, Kroger's involvement, why Kroger wanted to get involved with uh, doing a growler station. Uh, they've got, uh, I think, two or three more planned for other stores. I know the Anderson Township store is going to get, is going to get one as well. Yeah. And, and uh, so, so that's... They're going to be the 28th next Monday, 8 o'clock, live on Periscope. Podcast. It's not very far away. And uh, no, it's yeah, pretty no, close. Our live no, shows are getting I, out of control. I can, I'll, I'll pack this stuff up, but I don't have to unpack it at least for a week. Or maybe, not even you know, a week. Not even a week. So uh, anyway, so that's that. Look what you've done. Secondly, we mentioned this on, on show number 25. Uh, we did 26 last week. This is 27, so we're into the second six months of our first year of, of podcasting and broadcasting here on uh, Cincy Brewcast. And um, what the hell was I going to say? Oh, um, I think you're talking. Um, oh, we're talking the Fresh Fest, which is going to take place on October 24th at Mad Tree Brewing. Queen City Fresh beer blogger Queen City Fresh hosts a uh, a a a Beer a party, festival, a party, not a even party, a beer festival, just a party. Uh, yeah. With the uh, with uh, and the bloggers and now beer casters, if you will, brewcasters uh, are involved in creating an infusion of the Lift Kolsch, and we have been invited. We're very honored. Uh, Cincy Brewcast and the Gnarly Gnome. This is our first invitation. Is correct for you as well as the Gnarly Gnome, and yes. then obviously for us at Cincy Brewcast, uh, and. We have. Are we giving away what we're doing? You gave it away to the people. I did on, not. Well, yes, you did. You you put it online, didn't you? Did you no, it was an email. email. Well, it was an email. Yes. Well, to, you had to do that to the people that it has well, to be right. in the group, so nobody else well, replicates flavors. Well, right, but it's not a secret. I think we should tell everybody I mean, what we're it's doing. Like you got a handful of people that know about it right now. If you want to break it to the masses, break do, it to the masses. Do, do you think that's a bad thing? I don't know. Do I mean, it. Let's do, do it. it. Don't make me call Kenny. Sour patch watermelon mm. Kolsch. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> are you going to put sour patches in it or are you just going to put oh, acid no, no. in some watermelon? No, there's there's uh, there's definitely sour patches in it. I you know, I thought the citric acid would would 
would probably yeah. be easier, but it's kind of cheating too. So yeah, it no, is. We're well, you, using can pro- you can do all sorts of stuff. You can do the Sour Patch Kids, the Citric, a couple other acids, and then yeah, we are definitely using actual Sour Patch Kids. Hell yeah, that's awesome. And now we haven't we haven't confirmed this with Mad Tree. We, there's some concern about the gelatin, and so it's not Sour <laughs> Patch yeah, you're have to watch out Kids. For that if but you're watermelon, like dry <laughs> boom. <in a> sense. <laughs> So, but it's definitely going to be a. <laughs> it's definitely going to be a sour patch watermelon beer. That's no awesome. matter how we have to do it, it's that's what it's going to be. And we we can't tell what other people are doing because that's probably right. Wrong. Right, we won't tell what, every, what everybody else is doing. But it's I can all tell very you, exciting. But I can tell you, we we are we've got it nailed. I think you know everybody's coming in with this little pedestrian stuff yeah. and this little. I mean, you can even imagine if you just if you're a craft beer drinker and you imagine something that you've drank in the last, you know, six months uh, that has some sort of decoction in it or perhaps a some sort of exotic fruit or maybe a strange, uh, uh, you know, whatever, uh, lupulo, uh, whatever. Uh, you can understand what people are trying. No one else has, that thought, about powerful. Doing, has, <laughs> has thought about doing Sour Patch Watermelon Kids. So that's where we're doing. Nobody else has the balls. No to one do else it has now. the has the balls, the temerity, or the inexperience I of the Cincy it. Brewcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Cincy Brewcast, not you know, crew. <laughs> hey, I used to soak them in vodka in college. It was great. <laughs> They're fantastic. <laughs> we, it was incredible. I've, I've done a few test batches, just just infusing lift with. It's, it it's, it's amazing, but I'm not pumping it through. A tap. Throw some Skittles in there too. So when uh, you go, when you uh, when when you go to Fresh Fest on the 24th, and you go to Mad Tree, and you step up to the bar, and uh, Jimmy or one of the other what guys at Mad Tree says, "Hey, what do you have? Have a Sour Patch watermelon." <laughs> I feel like we're cheating lift. right now. And then <laughs> and then have another one. But to be fair. Next month is homebrew month, and we are going to have Beer Mumbo on the air okay, with us. Right. Oh, man, he's we'll a beer, really good guy. We'll and beer he Mumbo. is really also cool. doing a keg. Shane Brammer. Uh, he, he's doing a, 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 a keg that is... Right. Beer Mumbo is doing a keg in the Fresh Fest. I, right. I want to give away his idea. Right. Well, we better not. It sounds pretty nice. tasty. If he wants to give it away when he appears with us, that'll be... So he's welcome to cheat with us. And Shane Brammer <laughs> is going to be part of the homebrew, the first homebrew month show. Uh, also, you, we, met, we met him last week. Yeah. And uh, Shane's a good guy from Blue Hen Brewing. And then we also got Adam, from BAS, Beer, uh, BAS Beer Man, uh, with uh, Big Slam who, Brewing. Who I had to reassure again the other night that you did not hate his Ravishing Red. I didn't hate it. No, well, I love red ale. Yeah, tell, anyway, him that, I mean, tell him, tell him that right now. I, Adam, I love the ravishing red, and I'll, and I'll give you a kiss on the cheek when you come over <laughs> to the house in a couple of weeks, and, and we'll make up. And, and no, believe me, I I'm a big red ale fan. I love red ale, and I did like it. It was very good. I believe your comment on the air was that it's not really a red ale. It's a little too ravishing. I. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Kenny's comment, actually. <laughs> and then we, we've got that, and then we may, which we need to discuss further yeah. afterward, but we may actually have a hiatus of homebrew month or somehow try to dovetail what's going on at Urban Artifact, That's which true. is going to take place on the 10th. Our yeah. time frame is, is all that messed their, up That's here. their Stein, isn't Stein it? Beer. That is Stein beer. Where the hell are they going to make that? I, I read something that they're going to do it in their courtyard because I can't imagine them throwing bricks 
into their no, real it, kettle. They're and doing it on their it. their pilot system. Okay. So I think it's a two That's barrel, one yeah. barrel system, something like that. There you go. With stones that they, I guess they found. I don't know if they they, when they dug were doing, them up. They dug them up. <laughs> Literally, they stone, dug them up. Stones from the pieces, catacombs of the church. It was that, it was right. pieces of granite that were used when they were building the church. Bricks. Yeah, it's awesome. And they, you know, I guess when they were building the church, they didn't use them or something. They just left them sitting there, and eventually they got buried. And they nice. dug them up when they yep. were doing some renovations They're all about and finding found all them. Their stuff, man. It's really cool it's, what they do over there. Who the hell finding does a their Stein use, beer? Finding their bacteria, yeah. finding all that I stuff. I love it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, it's really so, cool. We are going to do a show with them somehow, some way, either the sometime, tenth, sometime close the to the 10th or the 12th, the 12th being the Monday, the 10th being the Saturday. And um, they've also got some really, uh, really other exciting stuff. Maze that is finally on tap. Maze is finally on tap. Um, there is, if you listen to our uh, Dave Volkman Ohio Valley Hop show, yeah. You know that Urban Artifact did a, they did a wet single hop, right? wet hop with fresh local hops. That may be part of that as well. I don't want to speak out of turn, but that may be, may be a part of that as well. So really, if the Urban Artifact guys are out there and listen, I know Brent uh, Coleman Baker listens to us and uh, checks us out on Periscope and follows us on, on Facebook and Twitter and everything like that. We're, we're going to do it. we got to do it. So and, and we were so happy to do it because those guys are great guys. And we got to anyway. give their, their their music program a shout out too. I know Dominic's been struggling a little bit lately trying to get people to come out well. for, for jazz and things like that. You know, oh man, so, that's the first you know, time they, I went there was Wednesday they, on a big jazz They are jazz doing night. some really awesome. really really neat things that nobody else is doing, and so just get Ex- down there. Excellent entertainment stuff. Um, some last words from Evan. Tell us. Are you going to kill him? Huh? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> You said last words. <laughs> what? Uh, just are, are you loving it here? This is great. Yeah, I like it. I loved it so much. I moved in right next door, so uh, <laughs> I save a lot of money on gas going to work. <laughs> My, uh, it's really easy. You really to live right in this truck. house right here? Absolutely, right across the parking That's lot. Excellent. That is um, excellent. So I get to bring my dog to work. So all you're the time. all in. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely. Uh, now, that's not going to work out so you know, if we move locations. The, the black um, dog, is that yours? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's my, that's my black lab. <laughs> he's my goofball. He's a very nice dog, by the way. My little dog over there, he's a, he's a douchebag. <laughs> he is still he's still eyeing your dog up right now, actually. Sam, like, he'll, uh, he'll go and sniff the dogs and be like, oh, okay, I'm fine. But, uh, no, I, like, I, I really like brewing. Um, it's really, really fun. It's, it's extremely stimulating for me. It's... It appeals to uh, my drinking habit. It appear, appeals to my nerdy <laughs> habit, and uh, as the, the perfect mix of both of them. So I really like to continue doing these experiments and, and really perfecting kind of my, what I like my style, as well as trying some new styles. Uh, you know, in the future, I would love to try sours, like we were talking about Urban Artifact. I would love to experiment with kettle souring, yogurt sou- souring, etc., etc. Yogurt souring. Absolutely. God, I mean, that's another ten minutes if we start talking about that. I, Greek I mean, yogurt, dude. It's already got it all in it, and it's cheap to do it wow wow so that's what i want to try like just trying crazy stuff whether it be on the pilot system or on the big system works out then boom so lots more of not just the which we've had the really good stuff and again coming down the line is some pumpkin ale the russian imperial stout this winter Mm -hmm. uh the the wicked wicked cheryl coming back in the spring which Mm -hmm. was very popular and i understand was very good i didn't get a chance to try it um 
so, so congratulations. Thank you. It's just, Thanks for coming out. Those are great. Things are happening, and, and you guys are, are, are got, it, got it working right now. Heck yeah, I can only hope that uh, I continue to make it better and more consistent. That's, uh, that's my whole philosophy, just better, better, better. All right. I think that does it. I think we've I said. Enough, yep. I think we've said as much as we can say about bad better, Tom better, Smith better. tonight. Better, better, better. <laughs> and Perfect. like I said, if you have not been out here, definitely come on out. It's it's worth it's worth your time and uh, it's worth your effort and it's it's really good, solid quality. One so. of one of Cincinnati's older craft breweries, whether you want to admit it or not. <laughs> right. This yeah, I mean, online. <laughs> you were online before Mad Tree. You were online yeah. before Blank Slate. You were yeah, online well, Scott's, before... Yeah, Scott. I remember we met Scott when we started construction here because um, he was starting to build his place, too. He did the exact same thing we did, yeah. like built his own place, except he actually bought legitimate brewing tanks. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but no, I remember he started out self-distributing and, and like it was just, it's a pain in the ass and then he got stag narrow and it's, it's been great for him. I don't know, like he's, people want his beer so much that he has to tell people no, which yeah. is right, great. Yeah, That's a great to problem off. to have. I love Scott. Right, he's such right, a good dude. Right, right. All right. So once again, next week, we will be coming to you from the Oakley Station Kroger Growler Station. And, and anybody who ever wants to know when we're live, when we're not, when we're Periscope, what we're talking about, you know, Facebook, um, Facebook. Safety Brewcast, we have a calendar on there with all of our shows and what's going on, where we're at. Twitter also. We also tweet uh, fa- fairly uh, f- fairly often and uh, in advance and so if, forth. And if so you on. haven't been out to one of our live shows, they're freaking fun. Is that the technical I, term for I, I, it? I love it. I mean, this is part of what I envisioned when we started this, and, and I'm so happy that it's I come, I like you guys a lot, and it's fun being in the studio, but this just right. this, this blows it out right. of the water. Right, to get me. out there with the people and... Uh, and enjoy. So uh, next Monday, we will be joining you again from the Kroger uh, Growler Stop at the uh, Oakley Station Kroger's. Uh, always you, check for the... Go ahead. Do your grocery shopping, buy your pants, listen to Cincy Brewcast. I'm going to buy... The same I, don't know if, I, don't know if they got, I don't know if they got any pants for me. They might. I, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm it's pretty... It's a big store. <laughs> <laughs> they have everything. Listen, listen. listen. Tina will be joining us as well. Tina Cisneros will be back next week. Hopefully Angie, with scones. Gnarly Gnome. Gnarlynome.com. Check out for show notes a couple of days from now. We'd like to thank everybody for listening tonight. You've been listening to Cincy Brewcast. My name is Mike Cisneros, the voice of Cincy Craft.